0: Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. I want you to take your Bibles tonight and turn with me, please, to the book of John, again. John chapter 15, tonight. Uh, and this is the final series on, on uh, the seven I Am statements of God, the series of the seven statements of God that we've done one series per Wednesday night, and the series has lasted for 14 weeks or something like that. So anyway, uh, this is the final uh, one of those statements that Jesus talked about. Uh thus far, we've talked about uh, the first one that we dealt with was Jesus uh, was the bread of life. And I told you uh, several weeks ago that each one of these statements, you know, we we tend to, sometimes we talk about these things, but we fail to get the, the full uh impact of what they were saying and each one of these statements is is centered around relationship and the character of of relationship with Christ for example when Jesus said i am the bread of life now we know that that he was talking about I am that that you partake of me and it will bring life to you. But in that, we see that Jesus was saying, I am your provision. I am the provision that you need that will sustain not natural life, but spiritual life. And the second one that we talked about was Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And in that statement, Jesus was saying, I am the revelation that you need in order to live life to its fullest. Doesn't mean that he was saying, I'm the revelation that you need so that you can go on vacation every week and live life to the fullest in the Caribbean. But he's saying, I I am the revelation that you need that will give you the ability uh, to live the God life to its fullest extent. Then the other one one was, I am the door. And Jesus was simply saying, I am your access. There's not another access. I'm your access. So you see, all three of those, provision, revelation, and access, has to do with uh, with relationship to Jesus Christ being close to Him and knowing, I, I need to know that He's my bread. I need to know that, that uh, He's the light of the world. I need to know that He's the door. And then the uh, fourth one that we talked about was, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. And, and what He was talking about there was, uh, I'm, your, I'm the one that will guide you. And I'll guide you into whatever you need. I'll guide you into places of peace. I'll guide you into good good uh, pastures. I'll take care of you. And then the other one was uh, the resurrection and the life. And in that we see our hope. We can have peace in the middle of all the struggles that we're going through because we know that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And then uh, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And through that, that gives us peace, knowing that that when we serve Him, uh, He is the way that we need to go. He's the truth that will lead us there. And He is the life that we'll receive by coming in to that way. So it brings peace to us. And tonight, the final one that we're going to talk about is where Jesus said, in John chapter 15, He said, I am the vine. And this is relationship. This is probably to me uh, they're all important but this one would be the one that would that would really connect with me most uh, because it's about relationship so many times people have uh, have a connection with God but it's not built on relationship it's built on experience or it's built on the doctrine of a church or it's built on how Grandma and grandpa did it but God wants a relationship with us, ladies and gentlemen. And you've heard that before. But God desires to have relationship with us. Listen, uh, we, need to, we need to check ourselves constantly and make sure that uh, we're not connected with God and we're not serving God uh, because out of this idea that we feel like if we don't, God's going to uh, strike us with lightning. Or if we don't act a certain way, God's going to slap us down and, and, and tell us how bad we are. If we, if we don't look like uh, we think that we've been told that we need to look, God's not going to like us and He's going to be angry with us. And I want to tell you tonight that God's about relationship. Before God's about how you look, He's about relationship. Before God is about what you think, God is about Relationship. Before God is about what some doctrine would tell you, God is about relationship. If you don't get relationship right when it comes to Jesus, you will have a miserable time trying to live for Jesus. Listen, there are people tonight that are working and laboring on a constant basis trying to obtain the blessing of God. They're working and trying to get the grace and the mercy of God. When they pray for healing, they're working and laboring because they really don't know if they're worthy of the blessing that God would give. That's, that's a sign that you're not walking in relationship with God because when you are walking in relationship with God, friend, you understand that, no, I've not done anything that could deserve where I am with God. I've not lived today any way where I would be worthy of what God has done. But because of relationship, His grace has been given to me. His mercy, I can truly say as a psalmist does, that His mercy endures forever. Why? Because I have relationship with Him and I know He loves me. I know he's gonna love me if the sun is shining or if it's raining. I know he's gonna love me if I fail today and get it right tomorrow. He's gonna love me today just as much as he will tomorrow. Listen, when you walk in relationship with Jesus, you'll walk out from under the condemnation that comes without relationship. This is not in my notes. This is just introduction. I'm just kind of priming you up. But that's what this—that's what this is about tonight. When Jesus said, "I am the vine," <clears throat> he was talking about relationship. So let's let's look at John chapter fifteen, and uh, we want to just begin with verse one. John chapter fifteen, and I'll uh, look with me starting at verse one. Jesus said, "I am the true vine, and my Father." is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Everybody say much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Notice that Jesus said, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. How is the Father glorified? By the fruit that I bear, that's how I bring glory to Jesus. By the fruit that I bear, that's how I bring glory to Jesus. Not me standing on one leg with two hands raised in the air, with my mouth wide open. That's not how I bring glory to Jesus. But when I bear fruit, when I bear fruit, how do you bear fruit? What... what what is he talking about? Bearing fruit. You reproduce who you are. Every fruit tree is known by the fruit that it bears. And I reproduce the fruit of Christ. When when Jesus is on the inside of me, I can't help but reproduce Christ. If Jesus is not inside of me, then I can't help but reproduce the devil. Because you either got Jesus on the inside or you got the devil. There ain't no, there ain't no uh, dust dark here. It's either dark or it's daylight. Amen. Amen. So Jesus said, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Now that's pretty pretty strong words there. He said, you either are going to bear much fruit and bring glory to my Father or you're not my disciples. And as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. And even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Amen? amen now let's let's look at this. they say and and I've been looking at this that uh the practice of uh viticulture, anybody ever heard of viticulture? y'all don't know what viticulture is. Okay, we'll go home and study and come back and we'll do it. Viticulture is the 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 study of and the process of working with vineyards or vines. It's viticulture. It's 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 uh it's like we would say agriculture. Uh, agriculture is working with agricultural products such as soybeans and Cotton and stuff like that. Well, viticulture is the the work uh, of producing uh, vines, grape vines, and things like that. But they say I just told y'all that because I I didn't figure y'all know anything about it. it. Really made me feel good that I knew that and nobody else knew it. Okay, <laughs> Nikki, did you did you know that? Man, I thought I could be the smartest one here tonight. Sister Nikki knew it. <clears throat> nah, but. Anyway, they say that this work with with vines and with with vineyards, great producing vines is probably one of the most labor intensive areas of of agriculture or, or this type of farming that you can you can get in uh, It requires vine vineyards and vines require a great deal of attention and time and work. Uh, they say that, that when, a, when a, a young vine is planted in the soil that for the first three years of that young vine's life that it is not permitted to bear fruit. But during the, the first three years of the growth of that vine, it is, it is pruned, it is cut back drastically. That, that they cut it back, they prune it uh, on a regular basis. And doing this allows uh, that vine to develop a, a good root system. It allows that vine, uh, the life and, and uh, uh, the, the uh, uh, strength of that vine to grow. And because the vine continues to grow, but it's the, it's the branches that they prune off. And so uh, during that time, it's cut back, and it's and it and it doesn't. It's not allowed to bear fruit. But but in the vine, they also say that there are two uh, there are two types of branches that's in every vine. And there's one type of branch that that bears fruit, that will produce fruit. And then there's another type of branch that will have leaves on it it will look healthy it will look good but it won't bear fruit so every branch in the vine doesn't bear fruit but it's the vines and it's the branches in the vine that don't bear fruit that Jesus said I cut those off now Jesus was talking to a group of people in John chapter 15 that knew a lot about vines and vineyards because that was one of the main agricultural crops in that area was vines and vineyards. So they knew exactly what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about a vine. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. And every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. I want you to notice something there that Jesus said I am the vine meaning this I am the one that you need to be attached to in order for you to produce what I've called you to produce so with that picture of the vine Jesus is telling you and I tonight that that I am I am your source I am the one that you've got to be attached to because if you're not attached to me, you cannot draw the strength and the life that the vine supplies to the branches. Listen, the vine is not dependent upon the branch, but the branch is dependent upon the vine. That branch can be cut off and when it's cut off and disconnected from the vine, it won't be but a few hours, it will begin to start to wilt. The leaves will begin to crumble up and it will begin to dry up. But what does that vine do? That vine continues to grow. And that's why Jesus was, Jesus will not be diminished by cutting off a branch. And I want you to know tonight that you and I will find our strength in the vine and connected to the vine. And he said this. He said, Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And and we understand that. We understand that if it's not bearing fruit, it needs to be purged. It needs to be uh, pruned off. We understand that. We can accept that real good. But notice what he said, And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. So what that's saying, guys, is that you and I, even though we're bearing fruit, doesn't mean that we're going to slide through life with no problems. You see, get, get this picture that of, of a man with those little snippers on a vine and he's trimming and this, this branch has got beautiful grapes on it but he comes in and he begins to cut away some of the excess leaves on that branch and all that because listen, every branch that loses an excess leaf allows the grapes to draw more strength from that branch and from that vine. So every time God comes into your life with a pruning scissors and cuts something away, he's saying, I'm cutting this away from you because when I cut this away from you, it will allow the strength of the vine to go to the fruit instead of the excess limbs. Do you understand what I'm saying? Years ago, uh, Judy and I, I include her in that, but it was mainly my goofy idea. But we had this idea that we were going to plant about three acres of okra. And uh and we did. I, I planted it. Who said that? <laughs> Sister Nikki, you own a roll, you just about lost it right there now. <clears throat> but no, no, it was it wasn't Judy's idea. Uh but we planted that okra and and man we had we had a patch full of okra. And Boy, that stuff started producing, and uh, somebody told me suddenly you you go down there and you break them limbs off the bottom of it and break those excess uh, leaves off, and it will allow that okra to produce more and more. And and man, we were doing that, and and I was cutting okra every evening and every morning, and uh, and you know we were selling that stuff and making money, and and after about the first uh, two weeks of it. Uh, Judy said I got to get up tomorrow we need to go down and break them leaves off that okra I said don't you touch that okra I said let them leaves grow I said because I about cut all the okra I want to cut for the next 20 years And, and so I told her I said don't break nothing else off I said let them leaves suck up some of that strength so that stuff will slow down a little bit and so but you see, every leaf that was broken off of that, that stalk would allow more nourishment and more strength to go to the fruit that it was bearing. You can't eat the leaves, but you eat the fruit. And the fruit is the most important thing. And so Jesus uh, Jesus purges us. In other words, he he, he is constantly working His spirit is constantly working in my life and your life because he recognizes that the excess that we have in our lives will rob us of the fruit that will bring glory to the Father. That's the reason that he allows us to go through some problems. You look at it as a work of the devil sometimes. But God is saying, I'm just using this to kind of purge some things out of you. I'm trying to get, listen, I'm trying to get that mindset out of you. You look at it as that one at work that needs to be fired or that you need to go postal on and deal with them. And God is saying, no, that's not what I'm trying to do in your life. I'm using that individual To help you understand that you need to get control of your emotion. See, that's that purging and purifying process that God works in our lives. So everything that we go through, all the problems and the situations, if you understand God's not trying to kill me, he's not trying to allow the devil to kill me, but God is just trying to, to to rid me of all of that stuff that would draw strength away from the fruit that he's wanting to bring forth in my life. So everybody say, thank you, Lord, for these trials. I got a couple of you to do that. But anyway, that's, that's the gist of it. And then Jesus said, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. I read this today, and I said, you know what? Jesus said in, in the first two verses, he's, he's talking about the true vine. He's talking about that his father's the husbandman. He's talking about that every branch uh, in, in him that doesn't bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit he purges it. And And then in verse 3, uh uh Verse 4, he says, Abide in me and i abide, abide in you because the branch can't bear fruit in itself. And I said, man, uh, verse 3 looks like it was just kind of dropped down in the middle there. It doesn't really need to be there. It, it looks like it, it might have gotten out of place or something because he said, Now you are clean through the word which I've spoken to you. And But I got to thinking about it and I got to looking at it, and and I understand why that verse, verse 3, is there. Because Jesus had just said that if, if there's a branch that's bringing forth fruit, he said, I purge that branch so that it can bring forth more fruit. And then he said, now you are clean through the word which I've spoken to you. After you're purged, and after that excess is cut off, you're clean, Through the Word. So you see, the Word of God works in our problems and in our situations to bring purity into our lives. Listen, don't go through a trial and try to figure it out on your own. That's the reason the Bible says, in everything, by prayer and supplication, letting your requests be made known unto God. Don't sit in your living room and worry and stress out because you are going through a situation and you're sitting there and the tears are coming down your face and you're worried and stressed out about how to deal with it and how to fix it. Listen, that is a waste of time and it is a waste of energy. Get on your knees and pray and apply the word. Jesus said, listen, you're going through a purging if you're going through a trial. You're going, Jesus is cutting off some excess if you're going through some struggles. So take the word of God because he said when you go through that, that that purging, he said now you're going to be clean through the word which I've spoken to you. Think about that because it's it's big stuff. I didn't explain it probably like it should have been but you understand what I'm saying that we don't need to waste our time trying to figure out how to deal with things on our own when we could take it to God and say, God, this is yours. I don't understand what you're doing in my life, but I know that that the end result is going to be for my good and for your kingdom's glory and and for the glory of the Father. So therefore, Lord, I receive and I apply the word of God to my situation and I know that in the end it's going to be better. So Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine, no more can you, except you abide in me. I want you to notice that word abide. That word abide means to remain with, or continue with, or to stay with something or someone. That's what the word abide means means it means to remain with it doesn't mean and what jesus was saying was don't don't pull away when trials come your way but abide in me it goes back that word abide and being used in this context is a relational word jesus was saying i want relationship with you i want connection with you I want want intimacy with you, so abide in me. Uh, And he said, uh, why should we abide in, in him? Because he said the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Look at that and think about it. And we're talking about Jesus here, so don't get caught up in the vine, but you've got to understand the work of the vine in order to understand what Jesus is saying here and guys this is something that that we we have a tendency many times to slide off and get into our own way of thinking and our own way of dealing with things and and we want to take matters into our own hands and in doing that we're we're really what we're doing is we're not abiding in the vine Because if I am abiding in the vine, I am drawing his strength, his power, and his ability. And Jesus said, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. It must be connected to the vine. Now, I was thinking about that today. And this this thought came to me about Abiding in the vine and and being connected to the vine. And I and I thought about my phone. I I've, I've got a smartphone. That's what they're called, smartphones. And but my smartphone is is powered. The system, the smartphone system, is powered by a battery. And that battery is designed to power that system for a limited amount of time. And when it reaches that limit, then it doesn't matter how smart your phone is. It doesn't matter how many capabilities that phone has. When that battery dies, that phone is of little value. All right? it is of little to no value you can be out in the middle of the desert and have a phone that is capable of calling and connecting with anybody in the world but if that battery dies in the middle of the desert that phone that at one time was was life giving to you will become as of little as little of value as a grain of sand picked up in the middle of the desert. But here's the thing. With that smartphone comes a little cord that you plug into to the end of it and plug it in to the wall outlet at your house. And it is that connection that powers up that battery and charges that battery that enables that system to run and to be, and that's where the smartness comes from. The dumbness comes when I don't plug my phone up. Come on. You see, guys, we have a system in Christ that will empower us and enable us to do anything that we need to do. It is unlimited in power, It is unlimited in scope. It is unlimited in knowledge. It is unlimited in ability. It is unlimited in sight. It is unlimited in every way. But listen, if we don't connect ourselves to the source that brings life to us, then it doesn't matter how powerful heaven is, we have failed to tap in and to connect with the source of where all the power and the glory is coming from. I remember hearing my dad so many times. He would be in church and the power of God would be moving, and the glory of God would be flowing in in people's lives. And I I remember Daddy would stand there and he would make this statement. He said, One of these days, I'm going to where this glory is coming from. He's there now. There's a source, guys, that you and I need to stay connected to. We need to abide in that source. And we need to realize that it's from there that we get our strength and our hope and our peace and our joy. That's where it comes from. Listen, when Jesus said, I am the vine, I am the true vine, really, when, when we just wash all of it down and get down to the very basics of it, is I believe that Jesus was was giving or saying this is the foundational principle of relationship this is this is the this is the bottom line uh, of relationship uh, with with him uh, because what he was saying is that that he was talking to Christians guys, Now, he was talking about people that were connected to the vine. Now, the lost person is not connected to the vine. Am I right? So he was talking about people that were connected to the vine. He was talking about, some would say, well, he was talking about the Jews, uh, the Jewish people that were connected to the vine. That's that's quite possible, but I think he was also talking about Christians uh, who were connected to the vine. So why would he say, "If if once I connect to the vine, brother Glenn, uh, it, once my connection to the vine is made, I don't ever have to worry about anything else. I can live like I want to and do what I want to because." I'm forever connected to the vine. Why would Jesus talk about here that if you don't bring forth fruit, you will be cut away? Kind of kind of challenges some of the ideas and the thinking of today, doesn't it? Because, listen, what Jesus was saying is when you are connected to the vine, there is one thing that I am going to be looking for as a result of you being connected to the vine, and that is fruit. I am going to look at your life, and I am going to expect that that, that life is going to produce a godly fruit. Those who fail to produce fruit are those who have a profession without practice. In other words, I say with my mouth, but I don't practice with my life. Listen, I can say a lot of things with my mouth. I can tell you tonight that I am a beautiful singer. I've got a voice That will blow you away. But the fruit of it will be born when I start singing. I can tell you tonight that I'm a computer scientist and I know everything about computers. But if you're watching me and see that I have trouble turning my phone on, then you will probably say, I don't know. Or if you'll watch me sometimes in the office, when I go over to the office next to me and say, Brother, can you come over here and straighten this Mac out because it is not working right. And he comes over and says, Pastor, you need to do this. Nothing wrong with your computer. You see, what I'm saying is those branches that don't bear fruit have profession but lack practice. They have words that do not produce deeds. You're connected connected to the vine, but yet your profession and your practice are not Connecting your words and your deeds are not connecting, and I'm going to tell you guys this is a serious, serious area here, because we're living in a culture today. Most everybody you ask on the streets of Atmore are saved, and and uh, you know you can ask them, and and their eyes are bloodshot and red because they've been on a three-day drunk, and they just uh, drug in the house and and all that, and 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 we can go on and on and on and. But, but listen, there is a practice that goes along with your profession. It, listen, your profession is what comes out of your mouth. Your, your practice is what you do with your feet. All right, and, and I'm gonna move on. They've heard the message, and they accepted the message, but somewhere down the line, they fell away from what they heard. They failed to practice what they heard, it becomes nothing more than lip service, okay? And this, the importance of this to understand is that the branch that fails to bear fruit becomes useless to the vine. So I want you to catch this. There's no other way to say that the branch that's connected to the vine that is not bearing fruit. One thing happens to it; it is cut away and cast into fire. Listen, uh, and and looking at vines and studying about vines a little bit. Not only uh, did they prune them extensively, but Jesus said, "I I will cut those those limbs that." Uh, are, are no good, I will cut them off and in verse six he said, and I will gather them up and cast them into fire into the fire and they are burned. The reason that Jesus said that I will cast them into the fire is that during that time there were certain times of the year that that people were required to bring wood to the temple. And the reason they were required to bring wood to the temple was in order uh, that the priest could use that wood to burn sacrifice and to offer sacrifice to God. So it was a part of uh, people's service that certain times of the year they would bring wood uh, we would call firewood to the temple. But did you know there was one kind of wood that they were told not to bring to the temple? It was the wood of a vine. It was a vine wood that they that that they said, "Don't bring this wood because it is of no value. It is of no good. It is of no value. There's nothing." Jesus said, "Burn it with fire," but they wouldn't. It wouldn't produce the heat, and so they wouldn't wasn't allowed to bring it to the temple. The wood of a vine is, is of no value. It can't be used for anything but to be destroyed. Listen, uselessness invites destruction into my life. If I'm useless to the kingdom of God, then I open myself up to struggle and worry and problems. So it's all about bearing fruit. It's all about producing fruit in my life. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter five and verse thirteen uh, when he talked about, he said, You are the salt of the earth. He said, But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth Good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Who is Jesus saying we're the the salt of the earth? You and I. He said you and I are the salt of the earth. He said but if the salt loses its savor it becomes useless and of no value and is worthy of nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Even... Uh, in the book of Revelation, turn to Revelation chapter three. I know tonight I'm I'm not talking to anybody in here, but somebody will listen to this on podcast that needs to hear it, because I know that the Wednesday night crowd are the faithful ones uh, that are prayer warriors and uh, studied up on the Word and. But you're coming tonight and you're learning some things and you're being taught some things and you're getting some revelation prayerfully. But in Revelation chapter uh, three, Jesus speaking to the church of Laodicea, we're talking about being useful or useless in the kingdom. Jesus said to the church of Laodicea, he said I know your works in verse fifteen of chapter three, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. If so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. So what he's saying is that if you are neither cold nor hot, if you're lukewarm you're useless and I'll spew you out of my mouth. Now I know this is kind of hard stuff, isn't it? This is kind of strong stuff talking about a loving God that loves us unconditionally. Now listen, understand this. While I'm talking about this, some of you might be thinking about people that you say they're useless to the kingdom. Listen, don't get caught up in that. Don't 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 start that because we don't know how far the grace of God goes to the branch that's not bearing fruit. Amen. It doesn't mean that if you've got a husband or a wife that that uh, ain't doing right, and you know they ain't doing right, you look at them and said, "God's fixing to cut you off, throw you in the fire." You can't do that because. The grace and the mercy of God is something that we cannot comprehend. But I'm telling you tonight that if you come to the end of your life, if you, listen, if you continue to knowingly, knowingly walk away and refuse to walk according to your profession and live according to to what Jesus wants you to live, then you are walking in a in a dangerous place. I don't know when grace will run out. I don't know when mercy will run out. But listen, understand this, that God, God will go to the very greatest and to the very farthest reaches to make sure that you bring forth fruit. But can I tell you this tonight? There won't be any fruitless Christians in heaven. It ain't going to happen. Listen, and, and I know that's a that's not a good message for the culture of 2017. But I'm telling you tonight, guys, that that when Jesus saves us and works in our lives, He does so in order that we would produce fruit. Notice in. Uh, Verse seventeen uh, what of uh, Revelation three Jesus said this because you say I am rich and increase with goods, and have need of nothing, and know not that you are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that you may be clothed and that he that the shame of your nakedness do not appear and anoint your eyes with I salve uh, that thou mayest see. And he said in verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. So you see what Jesus was saying there is that you think, you say that everything is good. But the fact is you're lukewarm. So the question that I want to ask myself tonight is, God, am I bearing fruit in your kingdom? Is the fruit of my life bringing forth the fruit of the kingdom? Is my lifestyle, my attitude, my personality, uh, my character, is it bringing forth fruit for your kingdom? Will you be glorified in the way that I live? Now, I said a while ago, this passage of Scripture, I believe, lays out the, the governing or the foundational principles of our relationship with Christ. And I want to give you two things uh, about that, and we're, we're fixing to close. I got one minute. The reason I say that this passage of Scripture lays out uh, the foundational principles that govern our relationship with Christ because, number one, it shows me the danger of me having a static relationship or a relationship with Christ that does not move, a relationship with Christ that uh, has no growth in it, no development. So I need to ask myself the question, is my relationship with Christ a what uh, is called a static relationship? That word static simply means it's not moving, it's not growing, it's not maturing. So do I have a static relationship with Christ? And it can be compared to a baby that is born as an infant, that twenty years later, that baby has not grown any, it has not matured any, or anything. That's what it can be compared to. That would be a static relationship. Or a seed that is planted in the ground that bursts open, that never grows, never never matures, never comes out, never uh, produces leaves or anything. it stays in its baby stage. That is could be referred to as a static relationship. And that's what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about the branch that doesn't bear fruit. He's saying that is a static relationship. That is a branch that has shown no movement. It has shown no growth, it has shown no maturity. Therefore, it is not producing fruit, so it is cut away. Number two, it shows the other side. It shows a relationship with Christ, and that our relationship with Christ must be progressive. And what I mean by progressive is that my relationship with Christ must be consistently and constantly growing. You say, Pastor, I don't know if I can grow anymore. You can. You can because, you see, every time I open the Word and read the Word, I see an area that I can improve in and that I can grow in most probably, most all of us in here tonight can grow in the area of relationship with others. Because more than likely, most all of us in here tonight have somebody that we would like to thump on the head. And then say, in Jesus' name. You see you need to grow. You need you need to grow. <laughs> yeah. We need to grow. You see, your relationship with Christ must be progressive. That listen, you might not understand realize this, but that is the reason that the anointing of God is moving so much in our services. That's the reason that that the power of God, we could have a a southern gospel singing on Sunday morning and come in here and the power of God just uh, just sweep through and mess the whole program up. You see, because the spirit and the power of God moves in us and around us because it is through that anointing that you and I are growing and maturing. So, you see, my relationship, and that's what, that's the other principle that Jesus was teaching in John 15 that your relationship with me has got to be progressive, it it, it has got to be moving and developing and maturing. Listen, if I stood here tonight and had not matured, From 1985, we would all be in bad, bad trouble. All right? And more than likely, if I had to be around you based on how you were in 1985, I would be in trouble. Let me all say, and I wasn't even born in '85. I don't, I don't know who would say that in here, but somebody might would. But you see, our relationship grows and it matures. So, those are the two principles I think that that Jesus was saying in this passage of scripture. So I'm fixing to close. In Colossians chapter three, verses one, two, and three. Uh, Paul wrote these words, uh, he said, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of the God. Of God. Set your affection on things above. Verse 1 says, Seek those things above. Verse 2 says, Set your affection On things above and not on things on the earth, for you're dead, for you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So, you see, if you notice there, those are relational words. Set your affection on things which are above, seek those things which are above. Christ is all about relationship. And then The last one is stay connected to the vine. Stay connected to the vine. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 and 17 says, But I say walk by the Spirit so that you will not gratify or please the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you would do. So recognize there's a part, there's an old nature in you that's constantly pulling on you and trying to get you away from the source of your strength, the vine. All right? But Paul said, walk in the spirit and you will not satisfy or fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. I've heard people say, well, when you get saved, that old nature is gone. You don't have to worry about it no more. But apparently I hadn't got saved yet because my old nature still wants to rise up every once in a while, and I have to keep it down, all right? that war that goes on and that's what Paul was talking about here he said uh, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit when that old nature rises, that old flesh rises up and says hey satisfy me that is going against your spirit and the desires of the spirit are always warring against the desires of the flesh that's the battle that goes on uh, in uh, our lives alright so recognize uh, that's that's not that's not bad necessarily, because if there wasn't a battle there, if your flesh wasn't fighting against your spirit, then you wouldn't have anything anyway. You'd just be fleshly, all right. But because there's a battle there, the spirit is warring and the flesh is warring. And, and you've got to recognize the one that you feed the most will become the strongest. Amen. Go ahead and stand with us. Now, <clears throat> here's the thing. Remember the principles that I gave you. And I asked myself the question, is my relationship with God a static relationship? Meaning, is my relationship with God not growing, not moving? Am I not maturing? Or is my relationship with God progressing? Is it growing? Is it maturing? Am I growing in Christ? So, when I ask myself that question, it causes me to want to move. If I'm not growing, I need to move toward Christ so that I can become one that is bearing fruit. If I am growing, I understand what Jesus said uh, in verse 10 of John 15. He said, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. How many of you need that fullness of joy. The fullness of joy. Listen, Jesus said, the only way you can have fullness of joy is if my joy is in you. And I believe the reason that he said that, that if you want joy in your life, you've got to have my joy first. Because his joy is that salvation that brings eternal life. It is that joy that says that 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 my life, everything about me, and my peace is not dependent upon what somebody else does. My joy, listen, my joy is not dependent upon my circumstances. And we lose this battle so many times because our circumstances dictate our joy. But listen, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's the reason Isaiah said, Therefore with joy shall you draw water from the wells of salvation. Because the joy of the Lord becomes my strength. And when it becomes my strength, my joy is everlasting because it's not dependent upon those things around me. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, God, we come tonight and we thank you for the power of your word. And Lord, we thank you tonight. That, Father, you have challenged us tonight in your word. Father, you, you have challenged us to look and to ask ourselves the question, Lord, about our relationship. And, Father, God, that, Lord, uh, God, the, the big thing tonight is, God, that you've caused us to, to recognize the, the danger of becoming complacent in our walk with you. God that we need to pray, we need to seek you, we need to we need to uh, study your word to grow and mature, Father, and Lord, I thank you tonight, I thank you that Father, that you were the vine, and I thank you tonight that that I in in my connection with you that I draw strength and Lord, I thank you tonight, God that I can bear fruit, Father, I thank you tonight, God that we've seen in this word that that Father you're not going to just come and cut us off, uh, by every little mistake. But Father, you are faithful and you're loving and you will, you will prune and, and you will purge in order to get us to bear fruit. So Father, we thank you tonight, God, for the fruit that's coming out of our lives. We thank you that, that God, that Father, you're producing, God, the fruit that's gonna bring glory to your kingdom out of our lives. We thank you tonight that this church is producing the fruit that will bring forth glory in your kingdom, now, Lord, I just pray over every individual that's here tonight, every man, every woman, every family. God tonight, Lord, that you would bless them, God, that Father, that fruit could begin to be born in the homes, in the houses of the of uh, our families and our uh, places of dwelling, Father. And we thank you and we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.